Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Great. We'll skip over the first part. My co-host, this podcast in all season, has been Jordan Angleston at JW Angleston 7. Obviously, Jordan is a Michigan fan. Jordan, how are you feeling? Man, I can't even tell you. This is this is one of those feelings. Uh, I hope I hope to God, and I mean this sincerely. I hope to God that every college football fan can feel somewhat of the joy that I am feeling tonight because it's unmatched. I've had I got I've been I'm married, got two kids. Those are the three things in my life that are like the milestones. And in sport, this is it. This is the one right there. It's oh, the feeling is unreal. Hey, anybody anybody can get married and have. Couple kids. <laughs> it's this more rare than that. I'll, I'll make sure my wife doesn't doesn't hear but, that. Well, funny thing it, about it, my wife texted me when I was getting my son to sleep. She said, "So did you cry?" And I said, "No, but I'm on the verge of tears." She's like, "You didn't even cry during that wedding." I said, "Well, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I just wanted that I over." Never thought that this was going to happen. You know, you could probably make some sort of analogy to, uh, you know, the the horror that wedding planning is for that year or so before the reception and then the final payoff and like extrapolate that out to being a college football fan, you know, over the years. But I digress. Um, Pretty good game. I mean, obviously, in the end, the score will not look like it, but this was a good game. Michigan 34, Washington 13. The Wolverines with 443 yards of total offense to the Huskies, 301. Michigan had 303 yards rushing in this game, which, of course, is more yards rushing or more total yards than the Huskies had the whole game. Um, you know, we obviously we talked going into this. Anybody, you know, I, I, I ingested a ton of articles and listened to other podcasts. I mean, it, it doesn't take a a college football savant to have looked at these two teams, assuming that Michigan had the edge in running the ball against what this Washington defense, but I did not expect it to look this good. That had to kind of even surprise you a little bit. Oh, I don't, I don't think anybody thought it would look this good. And I mean, Donovan Edwards, dude, we, we, you of all people, I think was his biggest critic this year. Like where's yep. he been? What's his issue? Well, he saved a hell of a performance for the last game of the year. You know, kind of like you said, the 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 end score of this game it does not do this game any justice because Michigan came out of the gates just freaking blitzing hot. The running game, holy crap, gashing Washington like nobody would have thought. And then the rest of the game is a story in itself. It just yep. completely unfolded differently. But then again, at the same time, exactly kind of like we had talked about on the podcast. It started out, wow, we didn't see that coming. Then it it molded back into the shape of a game. It's like, well, I'm watching this game. And I'm like, man, I really hate Jeff right now because he kind of predicted exactly what is happening in this game with this Washington team. But I predicted uh, the final score to be 34 to 24. It wasn't too far off. It was 34 to 7. I mean, I got Michigan score right, I guess. Um so yeah, I guess that's part of the, one of the things I want to ask you is, okay, you know, you got the build up for the game. What's this game going to look like? You know, how's it going to look like when Michigan has the ball? How's it going to look like when Washington has the ball? First time Michigan has the ball, even before Edwards broke off that forty-one yard touchdown, Michigan was you know with Corum and in a timely passing. You know, JJ looked sharp. The the script that they came out with 
looked exactly how you wanted it to look with Michigan and they busted out. And of course, Twitter overreacts. Game's over. Oh my God. You know, no. Hey, hand up, guilty. You you were one of them? See, you're not normally. I didn't put it on Twitter. It wasn't public. It was in your brain. In my head, I overreacted 100%. I over, and that's my thing. Oh, I overreacted 100%. But then Washington goes down the field the next time they have the ball. Now, this is where you got stuff correct because I think we both saw this. I, I interacted with some people on Twitter this week or, or uh, today, excuse me, where people were saying, I think Michigan's going to blitz. And I'm like, that's not the game I'm seeing. I, I think they'll bring some timely blitzing that, that you called. But for the most part, they're going to do whatever they can to not let, you know, a Roma Dunze or one of the, the guys get over the top, keep it in front of them, get them into the red zone. We saw that right away with the first time Washington had the ball, held them inside the red zone, kicked a field goal. So at this point, I'm like, this is the game, you know, that I felt like Jordan and I, like we, we we were kind of on, you know. Then the next time Michigan gets the ball, bing, bang, boom. <laughs> this And now a 46-yard touchdown run by Dottie Edwards. First time in a college football playoff championship game that a running back has had two 40-plus-yard touchdown runs in a game. That's when I started wondering, Rutrow, are we going to have a game? Because Michigan forced Washington to punt. And there was a chance where, I mean, it looked like Michigan was going up 21-3 at that point. Stalled, kicked the field goal 17-3. Still, though, even with the field goal, there I would, that's where I felt. I I felt extremely good. I felt extremely good. That's where I thought for the first time you were going to be like, I because you're you're a grounded fan. You you know how crazy this sport is. Now it's tough to be grounded in a setting like this. I understand that, but then it stalled. That then the game mucked up, not completely unlike the Rose Bowl, right? I mean, like this was kind of like the Rose Bowl without the the bad error at the beginning of the game to to you know to give. Alabama, you know, the the lead, but Michigan took like controlled the second quarter in that game. This one was more the second quarter kind of mucked up and then went back to Washington. How did you feel when it got to because it's just it's crazy? I'm all over the place. I'm sorry, but it's crazy in college football. And I'm not and I'm not even the Michigan fan. I'm it's supposed just, to be the one that's around. I know, right I know. Now. what are you doing? I, I got lots of thoughts. So like What's crazy with college football, and I swear it's it's amplified more in these big settings, obviously, is 17 to 3 felt like 28 to nothing at that time. Did did it not? Oh, I completely agree with you. I felt like like looking at the game when we were when it was 14 to 3, I texted one of my more logical Michigan fans, and I'm like, hey, you realize like like seven right here pretty much is the nail in the coffin. Like <laughs> there's no chance that they come back from this. If we get seven here and he's like, well, I don't know. And we went down and got three. I'm like, okay, that's still good. That's still points. They haven't stopped us. But can I just say, but just how quickly one score makes it 17, 10 and Amazing. you realize it's a completely different game. And we're going to get point. there because I'm, we're going there. Okay. Right now okay, because, okay. Because like, this is a, 100% credit to Washington's coaching staff and the adjustments that they made because Michigan and I'm going to throw you some flowers and I texted you this early on in the game, Michigan, lots of window dressing, motion, everything trying to get Washington confused and it was obviously working. Second quarter, 
it kind of got more vanilla. And I do think that Michigan also play calling wise got a little away from what they were good at doing. They tried to get a little too cute and think, oh, we got this game in hand. Maybe we can try a few things versus, hey, look, these two running backs are kind of gashing them for everything. But credit more to Washington because they made the adjustment defensively to take away what was working for Michigan and force them to be more J.J. McCarthy throwing the ball, which, hey, a lot of people criticized, said, can he do it? And he struggled for a large part of that first half. Yeah, the final stats didn't wind up being J.J. Because J.J. McCarthy has the magic ability to look meh, and then at the end of the game, you look at the final stats, and the stats are good. These stats were, they were meh. Uh, uh, 10 of 18 for 140 yards. No touchdowns, but... No picks on that opening drive. I don't know if you remember. I, I said to you, one of the biggest plays of that drive was on a first down. They tried to play action to hit a big play. It wasn't there. He just took the sack. He just took the sack. And it was second Eight and three first. yards. And then guess what happened on that next play, by the way? That was the quorum touchdown on that very next play. So l- little things like that, you know, could make a make a huge difference. But, anyways, I mean, I think what we're kind of driving at here is. Everybody watching that game, by the way, it's it was fun watching Michigan State and Ohio State fans like swearing at Twitter, which is exactly... I wasn't nearly as active on Twitter for this game, so I'm going to rely on you a lot here on the social media interactions, but I can only imagine a few of them were very unhappy with this. Yeah, I was I was nonstop. I was just enjoying my last college football game, sad, crying face uh, for the next eight months or whatever. Um, so t- tons of, tons of interaction, but I would say most of Twitter at that point, assumed Michigan should have been up by three or four scores at halftime, and you realize it's 17 to 10, and it's one of those deals where you feel like, if you, as a college football fan, you know that feeling when your team should put the boot on the throat and doesn't do it. The college football can, uh, gods come out and stab you in the back. So Washington has the ball to start the second half. I got to be honest with you, Jordan. I thought we were looking at 17-17. I, I really honestly did. Will Johnson interception. No, well, okay, okay. Will, yes, Will Johnson interception, but I'm sorry. That play doesn't happen without the quote-unquote MVP of this game, and I'm not talking about a person. I'm talking about a unit. The Michigan defensive line yes. and what they, they were able to do against the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. And I'm sorry, that was that Washington offensive line, they did they well. Well, I mean, they know, but okay. But they, they struggled at they struggled at times, but for the most part, in what they were asked to do, which was just hold up for a few seconds and give us a shot, they did pretty well. Yeah, sure. But this Michigan defensive line, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, Chris Jenkins. That interior, there was a play. Kenneth Grant put a guard on skates. I saw it. I saw it. It was incredible. Honestly, I actually, Penix I actually got sent stepped that clip. on. I thought, oh boy, I'm like, yep. yep. I sent that clip of of Graham uh, uh, couching that guy to, to my own buddies because you know that's football right there. I'll say this: one of the a, a tweet that I put out is, you know, Michael Penix never made a Big Ten season healthy. He wouldn't have this year either. He got more hits in this game than I swear he did this entire season playing in the Pac-12. Is that somewhat of an arrogant statement? Yes, I I, I suppose it is. Do I have any ill feelings 
towards Michael Penix. I absolutely positively do not. The fact is. No, and I agree. And I I will hit on that before we're done there. I I have something I need to say before we're done with all this about that whole situation, but you can keep going. Long story short is the, the, the stat that I actually read that I borrowed from somebody is, is going into this game. Seven of the nine champions during the college football playoff entering the college football championship game had the better defense, had the higher ranked defense. So now it finishes up eight of 10 of the college football, 14 college football playoff area have won with the higher, higher ranked defense. So screw you people and all you kids that only want to talk about video game numbers. Yes, of course they're important. Of course, offense is important. The, the, as Kurt has pointed out, the game is designed to produce points. Okay. So we know points need to happen, but the other side of the ball also matters. Michigan's defense, namely the D line, as you pointed out, absolutely wrecked shop and was the story in my mind of this game. I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I texted you at one point and said, is it time to start telling these Pac-12 teams, welcome to the big 10 because like Michigan, yeah, this Michigan defense is elite. And I think this Michigan defense can start to be talked about amongst the greatest defenses of all time. A lot of fans are going to hate to hear it, but at some point you have to have that conversation. They went 15 and 0 national champions and the defense led this team. They don't win the Rose bowl without it. This defense. Nope. So yep. we have to have that conversation. That can be another conversation at some point, but Man, it's it's a game. This the like I said, first quarter starts out so high. Second second quarter, it's like, eh, you know, then we go to halftime. And like you said, I text my buddy and said, oh, they're gonna, you know, Washington's gonna come out here and score. Graham makes the play to make the push. Will Johnson somehow stayed in bounds. Don't know how he stayed in bounds. And then Michigan again doing what Michigan classically does and somehow doesn't turn it into a touchdown. Yeah, we get three. So you feel like that's a win. It's like I expected to be tied after that drive, and now we're plus ten. So I guess right. that's it's a, a win, win, right? But yet you feel it was empty calories. A little I felt bit. icky. I felt yeah. icky. And then that, so that was our score. Then right away in the uh, the first half, it uh, went from uh, seventeen to ten to twenty to ten. Washington actually went down and scored pretty quick as Jordan takes another pull from the whiskey bottle, bourbon bottle. But then it was very quickly twenty to thirteen during the entire time. When it was 20 to 13, you either had the feeling, when I say you, I mean college football fans watching the game, you either had the feeling that Washington was just going to break loose and score points and put points on the board, or Michigan was finally going to put the boot on the throat. (laughs) Neither happened. Neither happened pretty much the whole third quarter and most of the fourth quarter. That was the score. I texted you at one point and said, Maybe 20 to 13 is going to wind up being our, our final score because because nothing was happening. That was basically the score. And then, boom, finally, the, the J.J. McCarthy's legs come into play. Things open back up. They started doing the pre-snap motion again. Dude, I don't... I know Sharon Moore had a good year. I, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a bad offensive coordinator, but they're have, they're like really looking at some of these Michigan offensive drives in the big games toward the end of the year. You really wind, find yourself like, what? What's in Sharon Moore? Like, it, who? What's he trying to protect? Is he trying to protect JJ? Is he lulling people to sleep? It's it's a hard thing to figure. They tried to get extremely cute for some reason, and I just don't get it. Even like it, like within drives, they got cute. Like, you know, JJ makes the good, good scramble 
in the short in the, in the short end of the I think it was the fourth quarter. It's all kind of meshing together right now. Pretty sure it's fourth quarter, but he makes the scramble, get the first down on third down, and then they run the quarterback counter to the left side. Yep. Which you and me were texting the whole time, like, dude, if they Where hit the it? edge one time on a quarterback read, it's gonna be 15 to 20 yards. Sure enough, there they it was. one time. First down. Next play, what do they do? Swing pass bubble screen Dumb. the true freshman. Yes. Absolutely blown up. It's like you're overthinking the room. You're overthinking the room. You are more physical and you are the bigger team. Just run the ball. I agree. Sharon Moore is the coach in waiting. If Jim Harbaugh tomorrow says he's leaving for the NFL, Sharon Moore the next day will be announced the head coach. And I support it, but I might also be happy to see a different play caller because I feel like sometimes he gets a little bit. Yeah. Talk about cinching it up. He gets a little tight <laughs> in these moments. Yeah. And but then once he realizes, you know, my guys are kind of bigger and more physical, and I do a good job coaching this offensive line, we kind of do better that way. Yep. And and it's not, and obviously you just can't you can't just ram your running back into the ass of your, you know, guard or center the for, for the whole game. I understand that. So, so, but you also have to do it a little bit to, to get the linebackers in. The, it's kind of what we talked about in the last podcast. We knew the Washington front seven was going to have to crash down. They were doing that. I just don't understand why more wasn't given. When I say more, I mean more, not your own more, but I guess that kind of works to, to just get them synced in and get JJ on the outside or a quick pitch to the outside. Like, I, yeah, it, I don't it get seemed it. Like, it seemed like every pass play was either a straight drop back play action pass or a true drop back pass. It's like you do realize your quarterback is an athlete who's better outside of the pocket. And what do you know? So he gets out of the pocket and he starts and it looks better. plays. It's, do you it's, think- it's you and me sitting here breaking it down. Like he, he knows more. I get it. But God, it was frustrating. It was frustrating for a good chunk of the second and third shit, even into the fourth quarter. I mean, we were talking like, it was the majority of the game. It was two full quarters. It was two full quarters of I don't know what Michigan is 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 doing here, but I did, and I know you were starting to feel icky for a while there. But I was trying to pump you up a little bit. I'm like, well, this is how Alabama was, and and then they they responded, and and that's how it is. Like I really did start to learn to trust this team. Okay, you know, like when you have 800 I to super start seniors, to trust this defense. Yes, but also, yes, I agree. But at the same time, the offense doesn't rush it and make the critical error to cost the game and team and defense. This was was another one of those games. Um, Speaking of the defense, we definitely deserve to give credit to the D-line, but those Michigan D-backs, they battled, man. Um, They fought. I, I said, I tweeted out middle of this afternoon, uh, your your classic tweet when you're on the turlet. And one thought that I had was like, you know what? I think if I'm Jesse Minner and and these D backs, I think I'm just grabbing. You know, like if if Be if physical, one sure, and that's what they did. A lot of non Michigan fans thought that Michigan was getting a lot of calls. This is my stance on that. The calls that went against Washington were legit calls. There could have been more calls called against Michigan. That, that would be my t- I agree. With that okay. Oh yeah, but yep. you know what? And I'll counter that with saying that a lot of the non-holding calls that didn't get called against Michigan's defensive line could have gone to help Michigan. Also, these referees did what I think they should do in these big games. Let them play. They didn't. 
throw a lot of flame. Let them play. Oh, yep. These are the two best teams in the country. They're fighting. You're talking about Roma Dunze versus Will Johnson. Those are two NFL dudes out there just fighting. They they fought their asses off for four quarters. Don't dictate this game by you having a happy whistle. We benefited from a few. I think they benefited from a few. I think the bigger penalties were the non just like discretionary calls, the false starts, the yep. off schedule penalties that which set you have both to teams back at certain yeah. times. Yeah, yep. which they're yeah, they're not a question. Yeah, so maybe the refs out of the under is how that went down. I think Will I think Will Johnson made himself some money tonight. Uh, Mikey Sainstrill might have went from a fifth rounder to a third rounder tonight. You that know, kid like, just finds a way. Dude, he's, he's good. A, he's he's a baller. He's, he's he's not elite at anything. He's not. But you know what? He you know what? I like that's he's wrong. tough. That's wrong. He's elite at one thing. He's elite at being in the right damn spot at the right damn time being a, being a football player all year long he's just been there he's yep. he, against iowa he forced the fumble when they were in the red zone that could have swung the game every single play he finds a way to be in the right spot he gives up a big play he finds a way to make up for it he's the reason that this michigan team is in the national championship game yep yeah, I mean, a big a big part of the reason um Michael Penix, 27 of 51, 258 yards, one touchdown, two picks. We kind of called that Dylan Johnson was not going to be a major yeah. factor. That was pretty apparent pretty early. I didn't fall for any of the cheese that the Washington, you know, uh, uh, fan base and, and media were putting out there and the coaches like, I didn't think he would go. He, he did not. Roma Dunze, five catches, 87 yards. I think his game total over under was 89 and a half. I know it was under 90 because it was talked about on other podcasts. <laughs> and that 89. Michael Penix miss on fourth down is oh, massive. For that. that was mad. I would say maybe massive the, two for biggest, the game too. Massive for the game, massive for the bet. I would say the two biggest plays in the game were probably that and the pick to start the second half. I mean, obviously the Edwards yes. touchdowns, those are kind of you know the more obvious ones, but but those other plays were were huge. Uh, Blake Corham, by the way. 21 carries, 134 yards, two touchdowns, adds two more touchdowns to his lore, adds another reason for Blake Edwards to be, con- or, uh, excuse me, Blake Corum to be considered. <laughs> that was uh, that was a nice, that was a nice slip right there, Blake, Blake Edwards. Yeah, yeah. Nice uh, Blake Corum to be considered, you know, the greatest Michigan running back of all time. And who knows, he might be on the Wolverine Mount Rushmore situation at this I point. Think, I think at the, after this, I think he has to be. I think he's at least he's certainly in the conversation. He's in that conversation. Uh, yeah, and then anyway, I mean, we're still talking. It's basically twenty to thirteen at this point. Uh, then Michigan scores the touchdown to make it twenty-seven to thirteen, and then that's when the Mikey Sainstrill interception happens. We pretty much know it's over at that point. They score the touchdown right there. Even a field goal would have done it, and that was it. I mean, your 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 sphincter, I'm sure, finally <laughs> for the. For the first time in four or five hours, finally relaxed and and because the, of honestly, it, honestly, the Colston Loveland catch that, that was huge. Colston Loveland, that one right there when he caught that ball and then turned it up. I I took such a sigh of relief in that moment. Yes, that was huge. That that was bigger than the touchdown. I honestly think because at, and, le- at least there you're at, yeah I feel good about being up ten because the whole time. That whole third quarter and into the fourth quarter, I saw a Michigan fan. I think it was my guy, MIA. I want to give that guy a shout-out. He's a good dude. And I think it was him that was said, 
can I just get a field goal? Because yeah, at that because point, one Roma Dunze bust is a tie game. Yes, and you wanted, you just wanted that one score cushion. Once you got the touchdown, you felt great. The Saints roll interception, and uh, you you decided to uh, celebrate. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? We shout out to Amador Whiskey Company. We we all love the Shard. We it's our it's our jam. But I think even the Amador folks know that upon certain you know occasions you might slip in and drink something a little bit different what you got what you sipping on here tonight so so any michigan fan will know that charles woodson started his own line of wines and bourbons years ago i bought the woodson whiskey bottle nice. of bourbon nice. and when he initially did it he released a color label for every team that he had played for so you got raiders michigan and green bay packers those are the three main color schemes 3,000 bottles of maize and blue labels. I got one of them. Nice. And I tweeted him years ago when I got it. And I said, hey, I will not open this until we win a national title. Well, boys, we cracked her open tonight. And I've had a few. (laughs) And you know what else? I forced my wife, who is a bourbon hater, can't stand it, forced her to have some. Wish I would have recorded that. (laughs) She's Ready to die on that note, but she had some. And nice. hey, Charles and Michigan and all Michigan Nation, this one's for you. I think it's starting to soak in a little bit too. It's that nice feeling where you get the emotional, you know, discharge. The alcohol, I swear, it has a way to just activate in your bloodstream that much quicker. That's the best sip of bourbon I've ever had. <laughs> oh, Amador. Oh, that's too bad. But, but you got You know what? I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to make an Amador old fashioned to end night because I have go. a bottle of rye that I got from our nice. buddies at Amador. Yep. That just happens to be the perfect old fashioned. I think you, I think you got a good plan here, man. Um, yeah. So in the end, dude, uh, Michigan with the win, Michigan finishes 15 and zero national champions. The debates will now start. Um, you know, when, when you see lists, of the greatest college football teams of all time. I'm not sure Michigan, this Michigan team will be at the tippy top, but they're going to be in the debate to be in the top three, four, five, as you should when you get through a Big Ten schedule, beat Alabama, the number two team in the college football playoff, and pretty convincingly do so. You're going to be in the running for that conversation. Yep. No, I agree. I th- th- Look, this Michigan team, I asked you weeks ago, I said, is this the best Michigan team we've ever seen? Tonight, I think they validated that. Oh, I'm, no. only 30, I'm only 35 years old, but I remember 97. I was very aware of that game. This feeling's different. It really is. This this team feels different. And you know what's what I was thinking, to them, they earned it. Yeah. What I was thinking today is the so that you know, back in the day, right? The the 97, because that was the last year before the BCS, right? So you guys finished 13 and 0 that year, right? Well, heading into this game, you're already 14 and 0. So you already bested the 97 team. It's just that in this format that we are now, you know, done with, thankfully, you have to play yet another extra game. So then you get to 15 and 0. So that's two extra wins tacked on right there. So all of these fun conversations you get to have with with your buddies, I would say the majority of the people that follow the podcast are happy for you. I don't know if a ton of them are happy for Wolverine Nation, 
but I, I would not give two shits about that tonight if I was you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, that's fine, and I get it. And I have, I have, well, I guess one, but two things I need to say before we end this because the end of the game, we saw ESPN doing what ESPN does best, and they focused on Michael Penix. Yeah, it's dumb. Walking up the tunnel, just battered and bruised, and I hate that shit so much. Like that kid and Dylan Johnson, those two. On that Washington team, put their whole life on the line for this game. Injured, battered, and bruised. They just they just laid it out there for, yep. for their team. And all we have to do as ESPN, we have to show them walking up the tunnel just dejected. Like, I hate that. Me too. Let those kids ride off. They, they played their asses off. They played a great game. Did everything they could for their team. And what do we have to show them? Just their down moment. I hate wow. it. It's so gross. Like, just let them have it. Like, like those kids fought their asses off. I hated it. There was, uh, there was a. Speaking of ESPN broadcast, in my text group that I have, a couple other people commented that maybe Herbie wasn't as dialed in to this broadcast as maybe. So, did did you? Were you picking up on that yourself? Okay. I, a lot of I have the broadcast turn the volume's way down when I watch a game yeah. because I I don't need them to tell me what's going on I know enough football like I'm I'm looking at defensive alignments I'm I'm breaking shit down as I'm watching it most of the people listening will they understand they <laughs> we watch football we understand like I don't need Chris Fowler to tell me what's happening like yep yep. And you know you got the double whammy with with Herbie. I mean, he's we all know he's an ex Ohio State quarterback, and you know we pretty much think he's been baptized in the waters of the SEC here in the last five or six or seven years. Speaking of that, the Big Ten puts a bookend on the college football playoff. They win the very first one with Ohio State in 2014, and they win the very last one this year. Jordan is not happy that I brought the uh, the that the Ohio State Buckeyes up, but you know this is no that was to the SEC. Oh, that was was to the the SEC. To the SEC. I'll give the Ohio. Hey, Ohio State took the front end. We'll take the future. You got the past. We got the future. (laughs) Or the present, at the very least, it's it's the present. You know what? It's past, present, and future. My book. Yeah. Speaking of the the very recent past, this is how crazy the sport is. Y'all could have lost that Alabama game. I mean, there 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 was. Multiple times where maybe should have, maybe should have, maybe even should have. With that being said, if you would have done what you needed to do versus Alabama, I think you beat Alabama by two, two or three scores, and you beat Washington by two or three scores. I'm just saying it could have been even more of an exclamation point. However, you still got to just beat Bama, and that's how close it was. But that's sports. You get that done, and then how do you get rewarded with you know a national championship and a pretty pretty much what wound up being a late blowout victory? That's how she goes, man. Yeah, that's that's sport. That's football. That's college football. That's why we love it. That's why we're here for it, and that's why I hope all of you are here for it. Love me or hate me, you know. I don't think anybody hates you. <laughs> a lot of people. I, hate I, I have, me. I have I, my buddy. My buddy Josh, uh, the Utah fan, he said, tell Jordan what's up. Everybody in my Hawkeye text group that listen to the podcast, they said, tell Jordan, congrats. You know, I've got my buddies Brian and Dan and Kurt. They're all like, 
how's Jordan doing right now? How's Jordan feeling? I just kept, I kept saying, I think he's borderline speechless right now. Like I think he's trying to process himself through this. So. I told, I told everybody before the game, you don't have to worry about me. You don't have to worry about Michigan. Pray for my heart. Pray for my liver. <laughs> as long as those two can make it through the game, we'll be all right. They have survived. Now we got to make it through the rest of the, well, now morning because we are past midnight was, here, but I was going to say, I, I don't think you want to drink the whole bottle of Chucky Woodson here tonight, man. That no would promises. That, that... no promises. <laughs> you're 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 heading down the path. I I I can I can bad sense intentions, it, yeah. bad intentions for this tonight. All right, my man. Uh, we'll we'll talk somewhat soon. Uh, let's get out of here now. Is there anything you, Jordan, the Michigan fan, want to add right now? You know, I just I just want to say thank you to the eyes on big listeners. I felt very welcomed into the pod. It was a huge undertaking for me, taking over for Big Kurt. I thought I had big shoes to fill. I hope I filled those shoes in even the smallest way I could. You know what I think? I, I think you just brought your own pair of shoes to the podcast. How about that? that and you know what? Hey, hopefully that's it. I thought I brought a, a logical point of view to it. I know I'm a Michigan fan. A lot of people and a lot of Big Ten fans hate Michigan. I get it. That's fine. But I think of myself as a football fan. So I hope I helped the pot out. I thank you for bringing me on. And, well, we're national champions now, so there's no way I'm going away. You're going to have to, like, tell me when you're so, not recording. Well, we got to get you. On, so. we, we, we probably need to get you back next season so I can see how you react to a loss, you bastard. You, you never even you never what had to record loss? one time what? after a loss. That, that's when, that's when podcasting is tough right there. What's a loss? All right. Hey, man, I, we loved having you on as well. I, I Obviously, you and I had kind of started talking midsummer where I brought up the, the possibility to you. Um, I couldn't get you committed right away, or, or I, I couldn't commit to you right away once once it was there. You committed. You went headfirst into it. You, you, you've killed it. Um, I'd like to think somehow cosmically you coming on the podcast helped Michigan win the national championship. I'm just going to. Hey, I'm superstitious. Right I'll take it. All right, man, let's let's get you out of here before more, more of that bourbon soaks in. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I am Jordan. Don't forget to ask for Amador and <laughs> go blue. Last time on that one. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.